Aaron Rose in the house. Oh, hello. Uh, and you're in the house by yourself yet again. No kitsch. Tried to try to uh, bring Deno on, uh, and it's that seems to be a uh, a bigger uh, issue to solve than I one would have anticipated this year. And I'll tell you what, I'm getting tired uh, of our our listeners requesting Deno. Uh, there's been there's been a a, a huge uh, uprising uh, with the some of the um, the longstanding listeners about where's Deno where's the Deno uh, so we need to answer that question we need to get him on just to just to quell the uh, quell the tide you've never done it I with have nothing to Deno. add yeah well, you've never done it with Deno you you, you, don't, nope. you don't even know what you're missing which actually you probably do which isn't much um, but we'll see if we can do that uh, so listen Aaron it's just you and me I think we are in the uh, holiday uh, season here a little bit so um coming off of our our grading system last week we're gonna uh, we're gonna chat a little bit about the wraps last couple of games then we're gonna, gonna throw some uh trade scenarios at you we're gonna talk maybe a little pascal extension scenario that uh grange had out there uh and then we'll uh we're gonna some more drives and and we'll wrap this baby up so uh so there you good. go so um where do you want to start? Do you want to go uh, into last night's game against the Hawks, or do you want to give a quick uh, synopsis of our, our Monday night fiasco uh, in the Mecca? Let's start positive. It's a good oh, place to start. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think I didn't realize that two things. Number one is the Hawks are terrible. Just terrible. Like, they went 41 and 41 last year, just like the Raptors, and now they have the same number of losses as the Raptors. 14 losses, both these teams, uh, as of Thursday. and. I don't think I realized to the extent to how bad the Hawks are. And, you know, they've been involved in these Pascal Siakam trade talks. And I'm like, are they trying to win? Because it certainly doesn't seem like it. And the other thing is that the Raptors are now in a play-in spot. And for as bad as this season seems to have been for Toronto, you know, they're in a play-in spot right now. And it's like, this is kind of probably how you expected the season to go. So I think uh, as of Thursday, they're the, uh, what is it? The 10th seed in the conference. And if the season's ended today, you know, I suppose they'd have a chance, which is probably the kind of hope that they're thinking about selling for the rest of the season. But when this team shoots the way it did against the Hawks, you know, you get, there's reasons to be excited. The problem is they don't do that enough. Um, But it's another example of, a game in which Pascal scores above 20 points, Scotty scores above 20 points, OG scores about 20 points. And when you look at this team and the fit of those three guys, you can say, you know, some people say it doesn't fit so well. And I've said that a, a couple of times on this podcast, but on certain nights when those guys are hitting their shots uh, from three point range, you can say, ah, maybe you can squint a little bit and things look pretty good. Well, okay. Listen, a lot on that bone, a lot of, um, this is this is positive, Aaron. This week, this is uh, an unexpected change for me. I was I was waiting to go down a different rabbit hole, but here we but here we go. Based on on that, well, listen. I think if all five starters are in double figures, uh, fifteen points or more last night, you're going to have forty assists. I think they have 39, 39 assists. They shoot it from fifty two percent from three, fifty seven percent overall. Um, yeah, it's gonna. You're, there might be some positivity there, uh, and it and it looks good. However, they might have been playing the worst defensive team. Uh, in the league last night. Uh, I mean, I was shocked when the when I went to look at the uh, the lines and the over unders two forty one. I mean, two forty one. That's where Vegas is basically saying we want money on either side. Two. I, I mean, that was shocking. It was never in doubt. The over was never in doubt. The, the Hawks defense uh, obviously is is horrific, which we'll talk about the Raps defense over the last uh, little while here in a minute too. But your earlier comment about you know we're in a playing spot. I mean, Aaron, that's that's clearly not what this team 
uh, is being built for. Uh, and I don't think that's it. I, well, I, that, it's not what they are trying to sell as here's, here's where we're, here's where we're going with this team. We're, we're our evaluating of talent. Uh, so I'm a little surprised to hear that we're, that we're going to, we're going to pull some positivity out of the fact that we're in a play in spot. That is, I mean, it could be maybe be the lowest bar of positivity, uh, we could, uh, you know, strive for at this stage. So, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, good game last night. Well, should we say good game last night? They were awful defensively in the first half. Um, and I would say if you don't have a, uh, a great, uh, Scotty Barnes and Pascal game, uh, you know, there's a, that, that game could have easily gone the other way. So I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I don't think anything's changed. That's what I'm saying. I think we're going to be, we're going to be going down the same rabbit hole here for a while, uh, until there's some definitive moves or non-moves. Yeah. But you know, this team doesn't have a first round pick this year, so you might as well play an extra game, maybe two, maybe get into a playoff series if things go right. Huh. So uh, that that's the optimistic point of view that like, I looked at the standings and for all the doom and gloom around this team right now, it's like, they actually are in a playing spot. And I don't think I realized that until I was looking at to see what the Hawks are. Then the other thing is like, this team lost a game last year in November, that crazy AJ Griffin dunk, you know, trick play basically uh at the end of that game and that came back to haunt them because again they were those two teams were 41 and 41 and you don't think about these november december games as you know must win games but at the end of the season those games can come back to haunt you and it did oh last year the raptors were tied as i said head to head and you know uh, the hawks sorry got the tiebreaker because of the head to head they were tied in the standings and if you do see yourself as a play-in team then a game Beating the Hawks, a team that's probably going to be in the play-in tournament down the road, uh, that's actually kind of an important win. Are, are we? Uh, what's happening here? What, what, <laughs> this is a this is almost a complete one hundred and eighty, Aaron. From where we have been, uh, t- now we're talking about the positivity that this could be a tie-breaking situation for the play-in. Uh, this team has put themselves in a terrible position because if they are sitting there going, well, we don't have a draft choice for this year and therefore we're going to try and win this year. I mean, that only kicks the can down the road further would not be tolerable to the, um, the core fan base of us sitting there going, Hey, we got to the play in. We maybe won uh, the play in to get to the eighth <laughs> seed to play Boston. I mean, that's, that's not a reasonable. And then to, and to run it back or to go in the off season with the exact same roster. I mean, that would seem, uh, ridiculous. That would seem like someone saying, "You know what? I don't like my job. I would like them to fire me." Do you, do you want do you want to do Blue Jays talk? Like, should we just you know? All right, Raptors fans, this season's over. It's gonna well, be miserable uh, for the next three years. Let's talk about the Blue Jays off season. Is that what like? Uh, I mean, there's nothing to talk about. There's nothing to talk about the Blue Jays anymore either. After everybody in their show, unfortunately not. No show. We call them no show. Uh, yeah. So, well, listen, no, I'm not suggesting. Uh, I'm not suggesting that, but I'm saying let's get to some. Let's get to some solutions for this team. Let's talk about where uh, where this thing should go, uh, and I think I mean I think ten and fourteen, uh, it's a pretty good sample size. We are we are almost a third of the way into the season, and this they team, and they've been healthy, right? Like yep. it's it's you not like what? you know knock on wood, but this team has has actually had their starters together, and we've there's been a lot of chat about this starting unit not playing up to a standard that was to be expected. And you've had what is it twenty games now with the same starting unit, so this isn't a team that has excuses like. You know, our best player has missed five games or whatever. Like this group has been together. There's yeah, I mean, activity was you, you, you mentioned that. Uh, you've mentioned it quite a few times in our little chat group, and every time you say it, I sit there and go, "Oh gosh, you're right." We've had literally, other than OG and his in his finger, where I think he missed three games or whatever that was. Yeah, there have been no significant injuries uh, of any kind. Knock on 
knock on wood, uh, which is, yeah, which is actually kind of shocking because you know they're coming. I mean, it's 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 inconceivable that a, a core starting five is going to go a whole season without it being, a, you know, one of those three or four top guys missing 10 to 15 games. That just seems unlikely. Uh, so, yeah, that's potentially coming. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's I guess that's even scarier if you, if you that's more of a sample size. That's a that's a tr- we have a true sample size. Uh, there's no there's no defense of like, hey, we'll wait till they all get back together. We got to see what they play like. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen the starting five play as a unit. We've seen the bench. Uh, I think now we have a, a nine man rotation, which is pretty uh, consistent. I'm not saying I love it. I'm just saying that's what that's what we are now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. This team is what it is. Um, and I don't think you can ask uh, Scotty Barnes to be a 50% three-point shooter uh, all the time. I don't think you can ask Pascal to hit. Let's not forget, Pascal hit five three-pointers last night. Um, that's a rarity. That's an anomaly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, listen, I think it's, to me, it's just it's staring everybody in the face, uh, whether they want to accept it or not. This team needs to be, the band needs to break up. Paul and Ringo and John need to go their separate ways. Who are those guys? Jesus. I know you're joking. I know at least I, I, I think you're joking on that one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's where I'm at. You, I mean, are you telling me that you're you're suggesting because of this draft pick potential situation that it's not where we need to be be looking, that we could maybe salvage a season and then run it back or and or go into the I would say, listen, if you don't make any moves. You're weakening your position in the offseason. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of things. First of all, I agree with you, right? Like this oh, team okay. is not good enough. They have to make a trade at some point. Now. If I I don't necessarily think the argument that they should blow it up and like, you know, go whole hog to tank for for a bottom six pick or a top six pick, I guess, in this year's draft, because then you're kicking the can down the road because that pick is protected next year and the year after that. So sorry, has to convey the next two years. And those drafts are considered better than this year's draft. And then the other thing is it makes it harder to trade future picks because you can't trade picks in back to back drafts. And now we're getting deep into the minutia of the CBA. But like, you you handicap yourself, so you might as well rip the bandaid off this year, and hopefully you don't give them the the San Antonio the seventh pick. Hopefully you give them the tenth pick or the twelfth pick. Like it's it it wasn't a great trade. It wasn't a great trade at the time. It looks like a worse trade now, but you you have to make do on the, your side of the deal, and that means giving up that pick. And you might as well try and make it sort of a, a mediocre lottery pick or as, as late in the lottery as you can i don't like they shouldn't keep pascal siakam around because they don't want to give up the seventh pick but i think they will try and make moves i just don't think you're going to see this team and we talked about this last episode like you're not going to see this team trade pascal og gary yakov and, and dennis right like it's not going to be a full strip down you know five years in the tank like uh the pistons well yeah i don't think it's going to be like that at the trade deadline but it, but a year from now it could very well look like that Right, and I agree with you. I mean, trying to salvage the six, the top six picks this year. I mean, I, I think that's that's. I mean, obviously, it's it's a crapshoot. Um, but I would like to go back uh, and and point out a couple of things as we try to uh, shout out some of our listeners during during the podcast. And I'm going to get to your dad later, Aaron, because I know you, you're. I'm telling you, I cannot wait for him to come on the pod. Uh, but Sam Webble uh, of the uh, the trifecta of Webbles who listen to us, so listener Brock, his wife, and his kid, they all listen. They're avid listeners, and uh, I just want to point out to Sam that at the beginning of Aaron's last segment, he said, "I agree with Dave." Because Sam is definitely in the pro Aaron camp on some of this stuff, which bothers me a little bit. As I've he should Sam, be. Because I've known Sam his whole life, and I'll deal with him at Christmas when I see him. Uh, but just so we, we point that out. But yeah, I mean, the idea of salvaging anything around that pick or that disastrous trade, forget it. I just think, like you said, you got to rip the Band-Aid. So with that concept of ripping the Band-Aid, why don't I throw a couple of trade scenarios at you? I've got three for, I've got three for uh, Siakam and three for OG. And we're going to play now. We're going to try and play a game. 
which I know you and Kitch have a hard time following. Let me take some notes. But this is pretty basic. This is pretty okay. basic. It's a, it's a la Bill Simmons. Who says no first to this trade? Or or is it not? An, it, no one says no, and the trade would actually happen. Conceivably could happen. All right. Okay. Can I just yeah. jump in with a what drives? If these trades don't work financially, if these trades are not allowed, then so, I'm upset. Well, I know. They I, have I, to work. Okay, but hang on a second. Who do you think you're dealing with? This is not Dano or Kitsch running this, this okay. segment. Who do you think you're dealing with? I've actually done the research, and okay. I was going to preface this that within a couple of million on either side, this trade works. You might have to throw another piece in here or there, but there's not – there's no like major like, oh, you're, you're 15 million. There's, there's no gaps. Uh, and you may have to find another piece for a couple million, but yeah. But this is all – this all works. Thank you. Thank you for – yeah. So, so no what drives. You, you preempted what drives you crazy with a non-what drives. Uh, but here – Sam, do you hear that? Hear that again, Sam? All right, here we go. First, the Akam trade. And we talk, I think I've mentioned this one before, and I like it. Um, Warriors, who we're going to talk about Draymond, your, your guy Draymond, who may no longer – he might be playing in China next year. Uh, here we go. Straight up. Wiggins, Kaminga, and a first for Siakam. So the problem is Wiggins' contract and I guess Wiggins' play. Like, I think he still has like three or four years left on a sizable contract. Yeah, like that. that's not great. And the way he's playing right now is alarmingly concerning. Uh, It is. Is So I think that like, if you're looking at it and saying, all right, it's February 8th at three o'clock today, we're trading Pascal Siakam. Final offer is in, and that's the best of your final offers. Maybe I take that deal. But like, I'm not, it's December 14th, December 15th, and I'm not saying, like, all right, let's do it. That's not a deal that excites me enough right now, taking on that Wiggins contract and getting those uh, Kaminga, former top pick, and then that future first round pick uh, to really well, you, excite me right you're now. You're saying the Raptors would say no right now. The Raptors would say no first. That- Actually, and then the other thing is, you know, we don't know what the status of, as you mentioned, of Draymond Green is, but that's not a great fit. Draymond and Pascal Siakam together, two guys with the exception of that game against the Hawks. Siakam isn't a shooter. And you have two guys sort of operating a similar space. Obviously, the, the, the Warriors have a ton of shooting that they can make up for Siakam's general lack of shooting. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure, I'm not sure either, teams are, either team is really excited about that deal. Okay, so maybe that's why you do it. Because so you you know, I mean, that's what some of these deals do happen, right? Apathy, or it's like right. we got to do something. So I guess we'll take the uh, we'll take what's on the table. So okay, all right. Listen, I personally think uh, the Warriors do that deal, and I think because they still believe that they've got a um, a limited window here to salvage uh, salvage the season. So, um, oh, listen, well, we've got visitors on the pod. Young, young Johnny Bart making an appearance in the back of the pod there. Um, all right, listen. Next one, OG trade. Here we go. OG going to the Wolves for Nas Reed and Jade McDaniels. The the Timberwolves aren't going to do that deal. McDaniels is like Diet Coke, OG Ananobi. Yeah. Like I know. Like OG light. And then you're giving up Nas Reed, and although they have way too many centers, that just doesn't seem like the kind of deal. I think the Raptors would probably do that deal. Uh, I know they have uh, McDaniels is lined up to a long-term contract. Now you have to consider the superpowers of having both McDaniels on the team moving forward. That would do something special well, for, for the content mill. Having two McDaniels now that might be confusing, but I'm, other than that, uh, no, I, th- I think the Timberwolves say no. I don't feel confident that the current McDaniels is is a, a locks. Uh, you know, is 
a lock to be on the, the current Raptors roster for you mean Raptors I mean, McDaniels? The, yeah, the Raptors. I don't think I'm not I'm not convinced he's. Uh, I'm okay. guessing I'm guessing he's a month to month lease is, is my guess on um, whatever. Yeah, unfortunately, he's, he's on a two year yeah. contract. It doesn't matter. I think I mean that could that could go at any moment. That could go at any moment. Um, all right. So listen, I I actually think yeah, I think the the love of McDaniel's is what would um and his and his prospects is what what would hold that trade back because listen, if we talk about OG making forty million bucks next year, uh, and I do believe uh, I'm warming to to OG being if he can catch and shoot it in the corners, uh, and he just understands that's what he can do. Never try and dribble. Never try and take it to the basket. Um, then, you know, he, he is a different type of asset. And if you believe in his defensive prowess, as I know some of you do, uh, then it's, it's intriguing for a team that I think thinks they can win now or potentially has a chance to win now. So, I mean, I guess the question is, is OG enough of an upgrade right now on McDaniels to say this guy helps us get to the conference finals and maybe gives a chance. So that would be the way, but I think you're right. I think, I think Minnesota would probably say no first wraps probably do that trade. Yep. I'll go with that. All right, next one for uh, now. This one, just take a breath on this one. Lakers, Siakam. That's right. That's right. Nope. Who are also trying to win right now? No. Nope. Now- <laughs> Doesn't fit. Lakers. Lakers to say no. Yep. R- Russell. <laughs> Russell. Nope. Nope. Reeves. <laughs> Tayshawn Prince for for Siakam. It, 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 like, I guess the Raptors say yes, but it doesn't make sense for the Lakers because AD, Siakam, and LeBron kind of all play the similar space. It's like, what, what's rule number one to playing with a LeBron? Surround him with shooters. Well, Pascal yeah. doesn't do that. No, but I mean, I think they actually do have enough shooting. Uh, Not when you trade it all. Well, I mean, I don't consider, I don't <laughs> consider Russell, uh, uh, I mean, they're getting rid of Russell regardless, right? I mean, I think that's, I think that's the, they understand they're getting rid of Russell. Um, so yeah, listen. I thought it was interesting from the standpoint. I don't think the Lakers would ever part with Reeves right now. That, speaking of like buy low, sell high, I think the stock, uh, you know, they they love Reeves. I love Reeves. That's why I'm sitting there going, I would make that trade. If I'm the Raptors, I'd make that That's trade. So in Bill two Simmons seconds. of you, I would make that trade two in two seconds. Um, but yeah, well, Austin Reeves, listen, how did we not make a? He signed for twelve million, four years, forty eight million. It's probably the steal of the off season. No one made that guy a, a contract offer, which is ridiculous. Simmons was on that early, and it is ridiculous. How do they? I don't know how people didn't see it after his after his playoff performance last year. Okay, so you're saying the Lakers say no? Are you saying are you saying the Raptors say no? No, the Raptors probably do that deal, but it's like it's not it's not happening. The Lakers right, here, aren't even. All right, here we go. Lakers, OG Russell, and their first and their twenty seven uh twenty twenty seven first round pick for OG straight up. Straight Russell. First rounder in 2027. I, I don't think the Raptors do that deal. Oh, really? One like future first round pick. The Lake. I didn't even realize the Lakers still had a first round pick. They got 27, 29. And, th- and they probably can't trade those outright because they can't trade first round picks in back to back years. So you're probably talking about a pick swap. Uh, no, no, they can trade those. Those are, those are available. They were, they were, they were, those are the, those are the, um, the draft picks that they didn't trade last year that everyone was like, oh my God, what a genius move. They, they made those moves without having to get those picks. They, they can trade the, one of those picks for sure. Okay. So um, if you say so, yeah, I still think like, you know, what, what does Russell do for the Raptors? I guess he gives so. them another guard. And then, uh, you know, a 2027 first round pick is a kid in middle school right now or something. Yeah, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a play for the future, right? You're not going to resign Russell. Right, he's right. A, and he's you, you don't know, you can always add that to something later. So yeah, like yeah, exactly. that, that pick certainly has value, but, um, 
I still don't think, think it's enough. You don't think it's enough for like, OG? I, like I'd rather, I'd rather the the Warriors package probably that you suggested. Oh, sorry, that was for Siakam. Do that's for OG. OG. Oh shit! Well, that those salary we'd have to throw. Well, then you'd have to throw it. You go, you go OG Boucher. Oh God! And uh, you throw McDaniels. something else in there. McDaniels. Yeah, McDaniels. Throw for that. Yeah, you know that'd be actually kind of interesting if they would do something like that. Hmm. No, that's actually not a bad one. Think about that one. So Boucher and OG for. Kaminga. I don't think Boucher wants to go back to the Warriors. Not that he has a say in the matter. He's but... got a ring. What do you mean he's got a ring? He's got a ring there. Well, I don't think yeah. he parted amicably there. Uh well, I don't even know what, what could that possibly mean? How could Boucher? I, I, I think he just didn't, he, he didn't feel like he was treated like with enough opportunity. Well, did the Warriors even know that he was on the team back then? I'm Probably sure they've, not. I'm sure they've long forgotten uh, that. All right. Well, you know, actually that's not a bad one. I, I might have to, I meant to noodle that one. All right. Back to OG. Now here's, here we go. Uh, so, sorry. This is uh, Siakam to Memphis. Yeah. Okay, Siakam to Memphis for Kennard, Zaire Williams, Stephen Adams. And this year's first, the salaries match, and we get this year's first. So, so the trade that is more interesting to me is like doing okay, something where they get Yaka. We're sorry, where they get Yaka Pertle, because Stephen Adams is out for the year, yeah, right? So exactly. then they'd have somebody to to play the center spot. But I think Memphis is probably just done for the year. And then, uh, what are the I Raptors agree. doing with Stephen Adams and Yaka Pertle on the same team together? Well, they're not. Like it's just. Right? I mean, that's- but that's one of those things that's, again, we're not keeping the, we're doing this to get assets and move assets. I don't, I, Adams, I didn't check, but he's coming close to, if he's not an expiring, he's, he's close to being at the end of his, of his contractual one run. more year left on his contract. I think he might be I'm one more sure. at like 13 or 14 million. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Well, you, 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 you know, so, surround Scotty Barnes with shooters. So, so if you can get Yaka Pirtle and Stephen Adams on the court together, that is exactly the kind of offense you want. How about Luke Kennard? I can shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Shoot uh, Zaire potential, right? So what I'm trying to, to I'm trying to figure out the way the Raptors get younger with prospects that maybe like who knows the jury's out, right? You don't know a Kaminga if he's going to ever be anything. Zaire Williams, they've been talking about him for three or four years of his potential, and you get some picks back because I think that's our best case scenario. You're not going to get you're not going to get studs back, right? You got to this is like this is full on OKC type, right? Move your assets, get younger assets, get draft picks, and and hope and then do well in the draft. Right. That's, that's, that's what we're dealing with here. So you're saying who says no to that? Who says no to that? You think the Raptors say no to it? It it was so all over the place. Like then, then, then Memphis doesn't really have a center. And I guess you're playing Jaron Jackson Jr. At the center. Like everyone. They don't have a center right now. He's gone. Williams. uh, Adam is done. Isn't Bismack Biombo there? Yeah, no, Bismack. Don't don't Uh, disrespect the biz. I thought about bringing Bismack back, but no, then I thought, I thought better. Bismack back. Bismack back. I thought no. Then I thought no. All right. So you're uh, you're, you're saying the Raptors are saying no to that. I, I, don't, know. Saying I don't know. The whole deal falls apart. Whole deal falls apart. All right. Okay. Fine. Fine. All right. Uh, last one for OG. Uh, and I like this one too. OKC. Dort. A first and a second for OG. The like. The, a first and a second. They have like a hundred picks, so so yeah. we probably have to narrow it down a little well, bit. Let's to say like... let's say we get the pick of our the pick of the litter on that one, right? So we probably want in the future, right? You wouldn't want this year's, right? right. So let's say so a future first, which I'm going to say probably three or four years down the road, three years down the road, because they yeah, have so many. I, I think something like that certainly makes sense for OKC. So they probably say yes. I think if you're the Raptors and you were offered some, 
you know, what was it? Three first round picks for OG last year. And all if you're getting was, back is yeah. one first round pick this year. Now, not all first round picks are created equally. As we know, those first round picks they were offered for OG were supposed to be like late first round picks, right? So those aren't super valuable. But if you think you can get like a, a pick that has some promise, like a, I don't know, well, something yeah. you think could be like a, you know, a high lot, a medium high lottery pick, uh, then, then you do that in a heartbeat. I'm just not sure you could really forecast that so easily right now. Um, we know that the Raptors, I think we know the Raptors kind of said no to like OG for the sixth pick. Now, if you could do that today, you'd probably do that. So I think I would do that if I was the Raptors, if I truly had my pick of the litter of those first round picks and whatever, a second round pick, because they have so many. Um, but but yeah, it, it really depends on what that first round pick is. But I do think OKC says yes. Yeah, I mean, you get a serviceable player too in Dort, right? Who's uh, a reasonable salary. Um, the Canadian connection obviously would be would be nice too. But I, yeah, I mean, the problem with the, the problem with any OKC picks is that they're good all of a sudden, and they could they're young and they could be good for five. Right, six, but seven, they have nine. they have like they have like twenty <laughs> extra first round picks that aren't their own. Yeah, you'd have to figure out you'd have to figure out where those ones are going. I guess yeah, the Clipper ones would probably have some some value right. in a couple of years. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think, I, I think that's a trade partner and I think they might sit there and go a guy like OG probably, I mean, they've got to make a decision. Are they going to try and win now? Yeah. Right? My sense, it sounds like they're, they're would like to, they would like to see what their team looks like in the playoffs. And like, they know they're not a championship team right now. So get in, maybe win a series, maybe lose in the first round and be like, okay, let's Masai Ujiri style. Let's assess the situation. Where are our strengths and weaknesses? What did Chet look like this year? Obviously, Shea's a superstar player, but let's figure out what's going on here. Let's figure out the situation with Josh Giddy. And in the summer, they can say, okay, we just lost in the playoffs. We just got exposed because we don't have X. Maybe we need a center like Jakobrito because Chet's really good, but maybe he can't play center full time. So I think their best move is probably like just, just be exciting, be young, be fun, maybe lose in the first round, and then say, okay, we need blank. And then whatever that is, the blank that they need, go out and get that because they could probably outbid anyone for anyone in the league, right? They could just throw, you know, 10 first round picks at you and say, okay, we want this guy. And it'd be hard to say no to that. So I think that's probably, I don't, I don't see them making a big trade like that in this season. Well, and I think the other problem, which we've put ourselves in is uh, you trade for either one of those guys and they're not on contracts, right? They're free agents. And now you've got, you've got limited, unless you know for for certain you're going to sign them. It is tough. I mean, obviously, I think we knew that we were going to sign Pirtles. That's why we were okay to give up a first rounder, I guess, even though it's no one understands why. But yeah, I'd be I'd be I'd be very cautious doing any of those deals, giving up future first rounders, uh, not knowing if I'm going to sign these guys, because then those then those trades turn sour against you in, in a second. So again, like none of these that I really do think that's the most likely scenario. Again, is that come February, Masai gets nothing back that he likes. And this team goes into the offseason looking very similar to, to what we have now. I mean, just, I just think if history's any indication about how Messiah operates, he feels like he has to win the trade, right? Uh, and I think in his mind, he won the, the Pirtle trade uh, for whatever reason. But like he feels like he has to win. The, and so he's not going to give those guys up for nothing. So I don't, it's going to be very, very interesting. If history's um, any but, indication, we should just find a trade with the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Well, because that's I mean, just not, that's that's yeah. where the trades come from. I think we have to. I think we're contractually obligated to after yeah. the, the Kawhi trade. Yeah, it's like I'm, the Jays I'm, and the Cardinals. <laughs> Only those two teams can trade. 
Jay's, it's a lot of Jay's talk on this pod. We're multiple. Yeah, listen. Do you want to? Do you want to just have a thirty-second blurb on your on how downtrodden you are with no with no show? I'm, I'm too downtrodden. Well, my boy, Friday my boy just got my hopes up so much. Just devastated. We, did you buy into the whole the planes on the way? Yes, of course. That Kikuchi. Did you buy the whole Kikuchi's got a res, uh, reservation no. for fifty people no. at a, a local no. restaurant in celebration? I I did look to see if I could make a reservation at Akira back that night to see if it was booked up. And I could make a reservation. So I was like, I guess it's not out of Kira back. But so, I thought know, that only, was. The only thing about that is like, and I, so uh, both Bobby and Johnny are, they don't believe me, but I, I'm like, I don't think it was ever in play. Like, I, I mean, yeah, I think he talked to the Jays. And I think he visited Dunedin and all that stuff. Like, but I don't, I mean, it doesn't sound like we were even in the ballpark. It sounds right, like we they were, were close on the money. I don't know if they were close on the feelings. I'm like, do you want to come to Toronto as opposed to Los Angeles? But sounds well, like they I mean, were close on other we things. They were, they were probably we were, runner up. Well, I heard no. San Fran came out and said they offered the exact same offer. San Fran is they don't, they don't have Kikuchi. The Kikuchi, yeah, or a whole country. Yeah, or a whole country. And we have a whole country. Yeah, it would have been big. It would have been big. But I, I wonder. I'd love to know if it was ever really. But some uh, baseball reporters think we're some third world country that just got discovered internet like a year ago. Did you see? Did you see Guzman? Come out and, and defend yeah. uh, Gosman. Yeah, Goose. Gosh, come on. Uh, yeah, the guy. Yeah, the guy. The guy um, yeah, I, I, Johnny told me about that. I, had, I didn't know, but good on him. That is awesome yeah. that he came out and said that. So um, there we go. Okay, little, little Jay's corner. Little Jay's corner for him. Um, all right, listen, Ra- uh, Raptorland. Do we have anything else that we? Uh... Well, yeah. Let, let's talk about the Siakam extension idea because oh, yeah. I think it's kind of yeah, interesting. Sure. Yeah. So, so Grange, the idea is, yeah, let's the Grange, idea that Grange, Grange talked about. With this, Grange gives us an uh, idea, and I read a little bit after you sent it to me, uh, that perhaps there's some inklings of a of discussions either being started or being proposed that perhaps there's a, a long-term extension for Pascal uh, in season. And I, I think the idea behind it, I'm not sure if the extent to which any conversations have happened. I think uh, Grange kind of looked at the math right now. And when you sign an extension, you can't be traded for six months. So what's six months from roughly, you know, now, December, is the end of June. So if you wanted to have Siakam trade eligible sort of on draft night around the start of free agency, now would be the time to do it. You can't wait until, you know, February 10th, let's say, after the trade deadline and extend him and then be able to trade him sort of during trade season on draft night. Now, why is Pascal Siakam signing an extension with Toronto Knowing that, like, thanks for signing the extension. We're going to trade you wherever we want to trade you. So he yeah. he loses the leverage of saying, "All right, I want to go to." Apparently, everyone likes going to Los Angeles, so maybe he wants to go to Los Angeles. I'm still bitter about that, but you know, I don't know if he's going to want to sign an extension with the understanding that, "Hey, sign this extension. We're going to give you your money, and we're going to trade you wherever we want in in six months." But the idea is, if he signs an extension now you're kicking the can down the road and saying, we are probably going to trade you in the summer. Now, the benefit of that is that, as we just talked about, if you're another team and you're trading for Pascal Siakam, if you're the Atlanta Hawks, let's say, and and it sounds like Grange mentioned this in the story, the Hawks had serious conversations about a Siakam trade. And then the Hawks people uh, contacted Siakam's agent and said, you know, are you interested in signing a long-term contract with us? And it sounds like from the reporting at the time that Siakam sort of said, no, thanks. Like, I want to see, I want to see, I want to hit free agents here. I want to sign a long-term contract with the Raptors. And we heard at the time that Siakam was not ready to sign a long-term contract with any team he was traded to, which Siakam's in his right to say that. Hurts the Raptors' trade value, but he can do that. 
And if he does that again, uh, you know, he's tanking his own value for it. And he, he has the right to do that. So the idea is you get him on contract certainty. So any team that's going to trade for him says, we don't have to worry about this guy walking in six months from now. We are going to trade for him in the summer, knowing that we have him for another four years under contract. That's the idea. I'm not sure Raptors fans who have been playing, uh, firing up the trade machine every day for Pascal Siakam trades are super excited about, let's keep, let's hold steady for another six months, right? This team is, this wow. organization has held the same course for a year. And are they going to keep doing that? That's not probably what you want to hear. But I think there's some merit behind the idea of doing an extension with Siakam if he's interested, sort of in the next 15 days. I am, uh, but I hear you on the six month thing, but I think if there's a, if there's an extension now, it's not a trade in the summer. He almost becomes untradeable because if he goes to a max contract at 50 million bucks a year, he almost becomes untradeable because to try to match, it's going to be very difficult. Now you're almost in superstar for superstar range, which that doesn't do anybody any favors. Uh, I think they do this and this means Pascal, we're going to trade you in two years. That's what I think. Cause I, I just think uh, no one's going to want him at five years uh, at 50 million. Uh, or it's the just only, a harder the trade thing is. The only thing is, like, if they do the extension before December, it sort of is because they have this eye to late June, July. Otherwise, if they're going to trade him in two years, you can just do the extension whenever you want. Like, do it in two months. No, I know, but, that, but that's my point. Like, I'm sitting there going, if they do it now, I, I think he becomes less – I mean, it's, it's hard, right? He's going to become less attractive to a trade partner because now someone has to trade for someone they're going to have for five years at $50 million on the books. Right, like, but, but you're, you're going to sign him to that contract in the summer. Like whoever, whoever gets Siakam is paying him a max contract. Now you can say he's not a super max player. He's not going to get the super max. He's not going to make all NBA this year. So he's going to get a max contract and he's going to be like, as we talked about last episode, all the number twos and number threes in the NBA who are on max contracts. And, you know, that's the price of of doing business when you've got an all-star, occasionally all NBA player is you're going to pay that guy max contract and he's not going to be the number one on your team. But if you want to win a championship, your number two and maybe your number three player are all going to be on max contracts. And Siakam's that yeah. guy. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I, I don't know what the market's going to be for him. I don't know what team. I mean, I guess a team like Philly, when they lose Tobias, because Tobias comes. I, listen, I tried to make Tobias trades today. It was impossible because his contract is so ridiculous. Um, yeah, the, but there won't. it's not going to be a huge market. It's not going to be a huge market, I don't think, for uh, for teams with cap space availability uh, and that are trying to win. Because you sign someone for $50 million, unless you're the Wizards. Right, uh, but, the, but the idea is not, is it a huge market? The idea is, is it a bigger market than it's going to be on February 8th? Yeah, yeah. No, right? I get it. I get it. I, I just, my gut feels that they sign him now. There, there will there'll be no, they are going to run it back with Scotty and, and Pascal at the start of next season. That would be my guess, is that you would have, he signs now, he'll be, he'll be a Raptor on September 1st. Or October 1st of 2024. I, I could see why a Raptors fan would look at the way the Raptors have operated over the past few years and say, I think they're going to keep running it back because that's what yeah. they've done. Yeah. 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 Listen, right now, it would not shock me at all if OG uh, and Siakam are on the roster October 1st next year. Uh, I would be shocked if Gary is, but I would. Uh, yeah, the only thing is, is, is like, you're not going to convince MLSE. Maybe they have the Shohei money. Rogers, at least. Still bitter. Maybe, maybe you're not going to convince MLSE to go into the luxury tax for this team, right? Like you're Can't not going to bring back you know, OG Ananobi on a $40 million contract. You're not going to bring back Siakam on a max contract, you know, sign uh, Scotty Barnes to an extension. You still have Yakupertle. You still have Dennis Schroeder. 
even without Gary and maybe you let Precious walk, like you're not bringing back this same group as a luxury tax team. So it's simply about staying under the luxury tax. And I don't think you can do that with OG and Pascal Siakam both making, let's say, roughly $40 million next year. Well, you have 90 between them, right? You're 50 and 40 on, on the Aaron Rose math uh, schedule. Yeah, I'm not sure Siakam's number is 50 next year, but that's okay. Close. It's really close. He's, well, he's making 38 this year. He's, his, it's it's his, whatever. It's 30% of the salary cap. That's the, that, that would be his max. So whatever the salary cap is next year, it's 30% of that. Well, what is the salary cap next year? I don't know. You, you should know this. Yeah. Not off the top of my head. No, see that, Sam? Once again, Sam, well, I hope you're listening to this one, Sam. Um, all right. Well, listen, uh, I, we maybe have differing opinions on that one, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. My guess, but my guess is there's no extension. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no. My guess also is there's no extension. extension. Yeah. I think that, yeah. So this is just, this is just good. Uh, we're making content. Grange is making content in the, uh, in the dog days of December. Certainly the dog days. Certainly. The, yes. Very much the dog days. Uh, all right. Uh, anything else, Raptor Land, that we've got? Or is that it? Hmm? That's, that's it. it. All right. Do you want to have a quick chat on your on your guy Draymond and the ridiculousness no. of his uh, indefinite suspension? Like indefinite suspensions, that's a you don't see that very often by a league. Yeah. The only thing with- is like it, indefinite. Always like if I said like Christian Coloco's return, you know, he's dealing with it's it's indefinite. He's out indefinitely. Like that's always scary. But like when you when you really think about what the word indefinite means, it just means indefinable. Like it could be ten games and he's back. Like it's not oh, gonna yeah, be the whole no. season. <laughs> no, no, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think because what was Jaw last year? They did the same thing with Jaw, but I think Jaw got eight or twelve or something like that. Right? It was eight or twelve games in his first one, and then he got um, the big one. So, yeah, I just, I mean, but come on, you saw the play, obviously. I mean, how ridiculous is it? Yeah, is he, like there's there's something wrong. He he needs to stop doing this. Uh, you know, I'm on your side if you want to be critical of like Draymond Green punching, stomping, and kicking people or whatever. But I'm not on your side that like Draymond Green is like some like. You know, you know, mediocre NBA player. Well, I mean, I mean, if you don't play, it's hard to it's hard to say you're uh, non mediocre. If, you, if you're going to miss forty games, I would say your value goes down pretty uh, significantly. Uh, That's I a just fair think, assessment. Yeah, and I just think it, it's always what disturbs me the more about it is his response afterwards. Right? He just so doesn't accept any accountability for anything ever. And again, I'm going to go back. I'll, be, I'll get on this. The Warriors have created this monster. They've absolutely created this monster. And I mean, they got, why they're not cutting bait. Uh, but do you think Draymond Green could be Draymond Green if he wasn't like kind of a monster? Like, do you think he'd still be able to like, do you think he would still be able to bring that like leadership or that craziness or whatever to be the kind of player he is? If not for like some of the, some of the demons or dark side or whatever it is. Well, demons and dark side, when you get in a, uh, some, you know, when you leave leading technical fouls, you miss a game or two for like, that's one thing. But now, I mean, you're, you're sure. Just, obviously, like, you'd rather less of this, and, and yeah, certainly, he, it's getting worse. Yeah, and he just. But it's now, it's like he he feels like he his reckless is sort of his go to, right? Sure. He, he feels that there's I can do whatever I want. It doesn't really matter because I'm Draymond. This is and, and this whole narrative of like I gotta be me. Like, yeah, I get it, and, and I hear you. Could Draymond? But he he wasn't always this good. when they were winning championships. He was controlled chaos, or he was controlled recklessness. Like it wasn't except for the one he cost them because he was yeah. controlled chaos. Yeah, you know it's funny. I, I it, that is a uh, that's a narrative that's gone on. I don't think it cost them the championship. I mean, they were losing that game. There's no guarantees they were winning game five, even with even with Draymond in that. And I mean, there wasn't. So I, I but 
regardless, my point is it's out of control now. And so can Draymond be Draymond? But if this is the version of Draymond you're getting, well, then, yeah, then no. The answer is, like, you have to get rid of this guy, right? Because you can't win a championship. They're not winning a championship. They're done, right? Warriors are done. It's over. Clay Thompson, it's over. There's only uh, one man who can save them. Pascal, Pascal Siakam. Yeah, Pascal Siakam. I agree. And if he's going to make five threes a game, yeah, him and Steph. Splash Brothers, the new Splash Brothers, for sure. There you go. Uh, so, so, anything else NBA-wise I wanted to talk about? I can't remember if there was – did we have anything else? 64 points for Giannis. I was going to bring this up in any other oh, business. Speaking of meltdown. 64 points. Uh, now, we have to adjust for the inflation when you're playing the Indiana Pacers. You want to talk about bad defenses. True. We talked yeah. about bad defenses True. earlier in the True. game. What is 64 oh. points? When you're playing the pace, Pacers, it's probably like you know 47 in it. Against regular team, uh, and then after the game, did you see this thing after I the did. game about the ball? Crazy. And meanwhile, when their assistant coach actually went and grabbed the ball first, the Bucks had the ball. Kyle Lowry was like the king of grabbing the ball. He totally was. The court awareness of Kyle Lowry continued after the game was over. He would grab the ball and make sure he had it. And now there's this conspiracy theory. I, well, maybe that's not the right term, but. Giannis thinks he doesn't have the right ball. He's like, I played 30 whatever minutes. I, I know what the game ball feels like, and this is not the ball. So I have a ball. I don't think it's the ball. Well, listen, it's that it was that was ridiculous. And that was kind of a meltdown. There's, a, you know, Giannis might be taking a bit of a turn here too with some of the stuff that's going on with him. He, he doesn't. Who's quite your seem favorite like, player in the NBA? Michael Jordan. <laughs> Never punched no. a teammate. Ah, I mean, was no cameras. You know, listen, they they never did anything. Yeah, uh, untoward to anyone. No, but uh, like that was that was a little unhinged over a over a basketball. And by the way, it was only because he'd put up sixty four at his all time uh, high. And by the way, I watched the last five minutes of that game. The Pacers didn't have any of their starters in. Uh, Bucks were up eighteen to twenty, and they were clearly stat chasing, which I think also is unbecoming. It's so ridiculous. Kind of like my guy Trey Young last night, who cost uh, cost me a cover with that shitty two-point layup at the end of the game and they don't foul right after i mean it's ridiculous but yeah I, I thought the whole thing was a little unhinged and just crazy and then carlisle was awesome after in his press conference going none of this should have ever happened and my gm got punched in the punch in the gut uh it was like this is i don't know it was very i thought it was very very bizarre and what are you doing caring about a basketball like for the, all the talk about uh Giannis has had over the years around like, hey, I just want to win. I don't care about this. I'm not friends with anybody in the NBA. But yeah, well, he looked like a very different person who cared about a lot of things uh, related to just Giannis last night. So I'm just saying, it was, it, to me, it's, it was out of character. Or the Giannis sure. we've come to know and love. So, there, yeah. was, there was a conversation post-game in the media room. Is that the most points two brothers have scored in an NBA game together? What did uh, Thanasis and Giannis. What did Thanasis end up with? Zero. Two? Oh, zero. No, none. None. <laughs> Like Wilt, Wilt's yeah. brother wasn't 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 on the the team. It's true. Kobe's brother wasn't wasn't on the Lakers. Uh, you know, is that the most points be. scored by two brothers right. in a single? Like, did the Morris twins ever score? If we had a know, stats, if we, if we had a uh, if we had a bigger staff, I'd look. I'd have us look into that actually. But we, yeah, but we don't. Um, all right, listen, let's get out of here. Uh, do you have a do you have a what drives uh, for our what drives segment coming up here? Yeah, I'll just say that. There was some reporting after the game, after the Giannis game, that like per sources, Giannis has the ball. Per sources, uh, Giannis doesn't think it's. Can we stop with the sources after the Shohei Otani thing? First of all, let's make sure our sources. If you got anonymous sources, make sure you got them right. 
Then the other thing is like we learned in journalism school, like if you're going to have source anonymous sources, like make sure it's like, you know, their safety or their job or their whatever is in jeopardy here. Right. Like you're supposed to use sources when like the person's yeah, life is in danger. Yeah. It's like per sources, Giannis got the ball. Security got the ball for Giannis. Like whose job is in yeah. jeopardy? It's not like an anonymous scout is like, you know, I think Scotty Barnes can't really shoot the ball or whatever. Right. That's like a secret. Somebody could lose their job. I suppose if you were talking about another player per sources, Giannis's security team got him the ball. You want, Who told you, you that? Want, just, why does it need to be anonymous? I think it's just cool to say I have sources. Her it, sources, Otto Porter Jr. will play tomorrow. Darko I think you. I think you have to. Um, you want. You want more of the old school. You want deep throat. You want Nixon Watergate deep throat. Is that, does, does that ring a bell to you? No, yeah, throat. like if you're yeah. if you're you gonna anonymous throat. source, like make sure like you're coming for the president. Yeah. Otherwise, and like yeah, and there's something good and there's something good. Right. It. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Listen. Once again, we don't need anonymous sources for like you know the most mundane like. I agree. Yep. Got the ball. Yeah, per sources. Oh, yeah, that's ridiculous. I agree. That is ridiculous. I, it's yeah. it's legitimate. I think it's just like cool to be like, I have anonymous sources. It's like, okay, the head of security told you that. He's not going to get fired. Who cares? Head of really irked me last actually, night. Actually, no, but I actually do think head of security but actually might be a good source. They, they probably know a ton of shit, actually. Sure. But like, you if you were like, that. the head of security told me Giannis got the ball. I don't think I don't think the owner would come down and be like, head of security, you're fired. Well, I'll Leaking tell you that information. But how about yeah? But I think head of security ever since Dom Dom on the sidelines of the Eagles, I think Big Dom has changed the uh, the trajectory of all heads of securities now. Like that's a big that's a that's kind of a big deal. Of course, well, you know what? I haven't seen what happened to Raptors uh, head of security dude. Is he is he gone? He is gone per sources. Per, per is he really gone? Yeah, they replaced him. him with a new head of security per sources. Oh shit! When did that happen? In the off season when they changed everything. Yeah, I didn't I didn't even notice it. Yeah, oh. Oh, I thought he was a lifer. They didn't change Alex McKegney, head of. Uh, they did not. Alex is still kicking. Um, okay, all right. Well, there we go. That's there you go. There's breaking news. Uh, four months into the season. Uh, okay, listen for me. I'm going to stick with what drives. I had a couple. I'm only going with one. So remember the text I sent you last night uh, during the game when the ball there was a out of bounds situation. Ball clearly went off. Uh, I mean, we're in front of the Raptors bench. It is five feet from. It's three feet from Darko. Scotty uh, turns the ball over. You could hear the ball go off Trey Young. I think it was Trey Young. Anyways, it clearly went, it clearly went off a uh, whoever was guarding uh, Scotty bringing the ball up. And by the way, Scotty, this whole Scotty can't bring the ball up. That's I'm glad we didn't bring that. I'll, I'll save that one for another one. But that Scotty can handle the ball. He can be a primary ball handler. I'm I'm convinced of that. Um, but Darko looks around. Nobody on the bench is is doing anything. We have our challenge. Uh, in the bank, which we usually have our challenges. Most we've gone from Nick Nurse having like challenge orgasms uh, all the time, using it whenever you to now Darko never uh, or very rarely uh, find the the right time to to use a challenge. So what's driving me crazy is that Darko, let's get a grip on using challenge, and that would have been a perfect time to challenge uh, at a meaningful moment late in the game that we're winning, that we're trying to secure. And Barnes was adamant that ball went off. Uh, the Hawks and I just don't like let's use our let's use our challenges at the end of the game that's when you like I like the idea of holding on to your challenges to the end of the game when it's a close game to use them but if you don't use them you can't take them with, I, I don't think he gets an extra challenge on Friday night does he not that I'm so. aware of I don't think so I don't think so, so per sources there you go. per sources uh, per my sources uh, I'm told you should use your challenges when it's when it's appropriate to use them so there you go that's what drives uh, alright Aaron listen AOB and we're out of here uh, you've already used your AOB on uh, nothing else I'm good I'm good. Uh, anything you want to share on the? Uh, oh, how about your? How about your AOB? Big news on the Sports Illustrated front. They're 
cleaning house. No comment. New CEO. No comment. Come on. I got Get, nothing to say on that. Oh my god! Do they even know? Do they even know you? You're up here in Canada. Come on. All right. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, big change. That, that, that's uh, uh, all right for me. You'll be happy to know that uh, I'm flying out to head, and I will, I will update everyone on the last of my uh, birthday uh, trips. But I'm off to London, not not Ontario, uh, for Saturday night's uh, second night of the World Darts Championships. Uh, so I will be reporting back on what that was all about uh, on next week's pod. So yeah, the World Darts Championships, 190, down from 501, 501 to zero. That's that's the key. You can do it. Do you know how many? Uh, what's the minimum number of darts you can do that in? No idea. A little trivia. Nine. It's the best you can do. You can go from five one to zero in nine darts. Especially you a darts player. Uh, am I a darts player? No, definitely not. I but I do like. I it's amazing. Like there's gonna be fifteen thousand people in this arena watching darts <laughs> uh, on big screens and whatnot. Uh, Rather inebriated. I would think so. I would think so. Mm. Well, it's, it's the UK. Yeah. So with it, I mean, it could be. Can you, you watch be, darts sober? Uh, I think you can watch anything sober, but uh, I I can't imagine it's one of those environments where you want to be sober. Mm. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure the debauchery that goes on in that uh, will be. But again, we'll find out, and I will and I will report back. So that's my AOB is that the World Star Championships update uh, will be forthcoming uh, on next week's pod. No, it'll be no show. Looking it'll forward to it. All darts. It'll be all darts. Looking next forward week. to it. All right, we'll, we'll track see. your flight. Oh yeah, make sure I get there. Yeah, leaving tonight. Yeah. Leaving tonight. Eleven o'clock. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Aaron, well done. Uh, it's like, I didn't know. Is Kitsch even on the pod anymore? Do we need him? I don't know. I'm not sure we even need him anymore. But Deno, we definitely do. Just to, just to quiet everyone down. Deno, you're coming back over the holidays. All right, Aaron, do the honors. Kawhi, take it away. Kawhi up top, looks at the clock, turns the corner for the win. Hang 